It is the 105th Puscast. No, it's not. Govita Pus. No, it's not. Oh my goodness, what am I doing? Ah, the Quackcast. My multimedia empire is so good, I can't keep track of what I'm doing. This is the 105th Quackcast. A review of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine, a.k.a. scams. This one is called Down the Virtual Rabbit Hole. The interwebs are more than a series of tubes. It has the power of endless distraction and tangents, a series of clickable rabbit holes that can drag you deeper and deeper into the alternative universes that parallel our own. One moment, you can be on science-based medicine, grounded on the terra firma of reality. Then with a click of a mouse, you can lose your way into the electronic warren. It started as an advertisement on a skeptical website, perhaps SBM, perhaps not. I can't remember for sure. And the entrances to rabbit holes are Hogwartian in nature, never being in the same place twice. That's how I remember it, and that's what I'm sticking with. Google serves up ads based on what their algorithm perceives to be as the content of the websites. I think it's safe to say that they lack a little, shall we say, nuance, and fail to understand that advertisements suggesting training in homeopathy or promoting the practice of chiropractic may not have a close relationship with the content of science-based medicine. Still, the ad did intrigue me, as it mentioned the practitioner was Oregon's only MD acupuncturist. I gave in to the dark side. I clicked. Quote, if I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is, and everything would be what it isn't. In contrary wise, what is, it wouldn't be. And what it wouldn't be, it would. You see? Alice in Wonderland. Not a particularly interesting sight. Nothing special. The usual hodgepodge, and quite a complete hodgepodge, of alternative practice that have no basis in reality as I understand it. If you are a devotee of infection control and sterile technique, you will just love the acupuncture photographs. They give me the heebie-jeebies. What I did find on the site were therapies and diseases of which I had never heard. Kangen water and protozoan FL-1953. I hate not knowing stuff. It makes my brain itch. So down the rabbit hole I go. A mouse click easier to follow than a tardy lagomorph, and less likely to be a source of tularemia. Drink me, Alice in Wonderland. Kangen water is the registered trademark of Enagic, which rhymes, I suppose, with magic. And according to the website, they make the real stuff, not like the water from posers in Taiwan and Korea. What is Kangen water? As best I can tell, it's plain old water. This is water that has been filtered, but so is the Culligan water at work. Not that anybody in the great Pacific Northwest needs bottled water when your source is the Bull Run watershed. The water has been subjected to electrolysis with the purpose of making the water more alkaline. I am many decades out of chemistry class, but I vividly remember the demonstration of electrolysis from high school. The teacher put the electrodes in the water and turned on the current, generating H2 on one probe and O2 on the other. He then collected the gases in an Erlenmeyer flask and then 
for reasons that elude me to this day, stuck a flame in one of the flasks, which exploded, sending glass shooting across the room, missing everybody, including my very surprised teacher. Sort of a Pulp Fiction divine intervention moment. As best I can remember, and confirmed by the interwebs, electrolysis of water should yield a little bit of acid at best, and very little, since at low-voltage electrolysis in pure water is a very inefficient way to generate acid. If all the electrolysis is done on an aliquot of water, the net result should be nothing, as any acid generated should be neutralized if shaken or stirred, thank you Mr. Bond, by the equivalent amount of base at the other electrode. I cannot find any schematics of the Kangen machine to see exactly how it should work, and at $3,900 for a home machine, I am unlikely to buy one to take it apart. Although I do wonder, will it blend? Read the directions, and directly you will be directed in the right direction. Alice in Wonderland. There is a cartoon schematic of a Kangen machine, and it is confusing, at least as I remember my chemistry. The hydrogen, which is the acid, is an antioxidant that goes out in the alkaline port, huh? while the OH, which is the base, goes down the drain as an acid. Huh? I don't get it. The purpose of the treatment is to make the alkaline water, with a pH between 8.5 and 9.5, and given that the pH of tap water across the United States is about 8.1, they don't really have that far to go. Curiouser and curiouser, Alice in Wonderland. The basic mechanisms by which alkaline water is beneficial is as follows. Twas Brillig in the slithy toves, did gear and gimble in the wabe, and all the mimsy were borough groves, and the monraths outgrabe. Wait, I don't think that's it. There are evidently nouns and verbs placed in an order to suggest a description of reality, but not my reality. Although I did recently see a vorpal sword used to kill some wooden soldiers. Let's try another series of nouns and verbs, shall we, and see if they make any more sense. Being in an acid state causes diseases, perhaps all diseases. We run towards the acid by eating acids and by the production of acids by pathogens. Drinking alkaline water will correct the acid state and restore health. Kangen water has small clusters of five to six water molecules that makes it extra hydrating and is an antioxidant. Alkaline water will also raise the blood pH and make water molecules smaller and get rid of free radicals. Really, that's how it works. The video of a man in a white coat told me so. If any one of them can explain it, I'll give him a sixpence. I don't believe there's an atom of meaning in it. Alice in Wonderland. Wabe and outgrabe at least rhyme. One would think that collections of sciency words would make for science, but it is not the case. As best I can tell from the Alkaline Water sites, their understanding of chemistry and physiology is one frabjus tolgi. Acid does not cause disease, lysergic accepted. Drinking alkaline water will correct no acidic state beyond neutralizing a wee bit of hydrochloric acid in the stomach. And water does not form big clusters. One of the remarkable results of physiology is how tightly some processes are regulated. 
Core temperature varies very little and blood pH even less. Drinking a couple glasses of slightly alkaline water a day will do nothing and can do nothing except quench your thirst. And once absorbed, the ionized alkaline water will not retain its pH or its alkaline state. The water becomes, or actually remains, water. What can alkaline water be used for? Everything. Flying Crane Acupuncture recommends Kangen water for cancer, autoimmune disorders, chemical sensitivities, GERD, where it actually might work, allergies, Canada, Lyme disease, biofilms, protozoan, FL1953, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, insomnia, leaky gut syndrome, migraine headaches, multiple sclerosis, osteoporosis, psoriasis, sinusitis, and all people on the standard American diet. There are innumerable testimonials as to the superiority of alkaline water. And we all know how reliable testimonials are. Is there any clinical data to suggest any validity of any of the claims of alkaline water? No. Are there any clinical trials? No. Is there any biologic plausibility? Nope. Anything besides the glowing recommendations of marketers of the machines and their users touting its benefits? Nope. Color me? Eh, unimpressed. Well, I have never heard of it before, but it sounds uncommon nonsense. Alice in Wonderland. Have you ever read a list and then did a double take? That's what I did when I saw the uses of Kangen water. Good thing I wasn't drinking the water when I did or my local environment would have become more alkaline. Protozoan FL1953. It's part of my job to know bugs, and while I have neither seen nor heard of every organism out there, I know about most of the ones that cause disease. I had never heard of protozoan FL-1953, so off to PubMed. I find nothing. Oh wait, it has another name. Protomyxoa rheumatica. So I PubMed and find nothing. And so I use Google Scholar. Nothing. Best I can tell, there's no published literature whatsoever on protozoan FL-1953 or protomyxoa rheumatica. So it turns out there is only one person that has information on this protozoan, Dr. Stephen Fry, who discovered the organism and has the only diagnostic testing. He has yet to publish his findings, but he finds it as a potential cause for chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, ALS, Morgellons disease, and more. According to Dr. Fry, he has discovered, using both molecular analyses and stains, a protozoan in the blood of people with a large number of different chronic inflammatory diseases. As I understand him, the protozoan infection leads to immunosuppression, and then, in some patients, a fungal superinfection. He has discovered a diagnostic PCR, pretty good, special stains, and he's also working on antibiotic susceptibility testing for this protozoa. What is the use of repeating all that stuff? If you don't go, explain it as you go on. It's by far the most confusing thing I ever heard. Alice in Wonderland. There are a few pictures of the protozoan that I can find. 
Now, I have looked at a lot of microbes in my day. I have yet to see anything that looks like a protozoan. Some of the pictures to my eye that I can find look like red cells. There are other photographs that are equally hard for me to identify as any organism. Almost all the ones I looked at look like artifact, but with no published information on the special stains, who can say? The bees can be grown in the lab, and they have even sequenced the genome, both of which are very impressive accomplishments. I can't grow any protozoa in our clinical labs. I have to send my leishmania off to the CDC, and genomic sequencing is not trivial. The results of this work suggest that it is a, quote, slime-forming complex protozoan trying to become a helminth, parasite worm, trying to become a worm. It's a progenitor with some amoeba and some protozoan in the past, but it is a little more complex than, say, malaria or babesiosis genetically. Actually, it is sort of an in-between, again, a helminth and a malarial-type organism, end quote. That's an amazing discovery, especially given the marked differences between protozoans and helminths. Discovery of a new organism could change the approach to many patients. Just imagine those thousands of techs and docs looking at millions of blood smears over the centuries and never seeing this organism. It is the ultimate gorilla in a basketball game. Unfortunately, he cannot get his work published. As he says, quote, look, this is too political too new, really a radical concept, end quote. There are two issues, of course, about publishing, perhaps more. There is the description of a new pathogen. You can publish the photos, the cultures, the genome. And then there is whether or not it causes disease. Is it the next H. pylori with a Nobel Prize lined up, or is it the next XMRV? The beauty of the internet is you could benefit thousands of people by publishing all the data online. I wait with great anticipation of the announcement by Dr. Fry demonstrating the existence and pathogenicity of this newly discovered protozoa. As an infectious disease doctor, I can think of nothing more fun than a new bug to try and kill. That's nothing to what I could say if I chose. Alice in Wonderland. I suppose, however, it may be best to avoid the path of that attention seeker, Barry James Marshall, with his publications in peer-reviewed journals and that grandstanding Nobel Prize awarded for the discovery that gastritis and peptic ulcers are often due to Helicobacter pylori. Seriously, who wants that kind of notoriety? Which is a shame, since I can obviously neither confirm nor deny the protozoan as a cause of disease or even as an organism that exists based on the published literature or even on the information on the interwebs though it will respond, evidently, to Kangen water. I have always been torn between the idea that those who discovered something new need to be rewarded for their work and the concept that medical knowledge should be freely available for the benefit of everybody. I mostly favor the free spread of knowledge for the benefit of all, although interviews suggest that information is being kept about this new protozoa pending proprietary patents. But you can only click links so long. The brain fogs over trying to incorporate all these alternative and new realities. New water, new protozoans. I think I should understand that better if I had written it down. But I can't quite follow it as you say it. Alice in Wonderland.
So true, Alice. And so ends the 105th QuackCast. See you next time. Bye.